Hi, my name is Wilkin Brutus. And I am Paulette Francois. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage. Okay, mama. Sock up fat, sock up fat. Lena boule. Quick. Crack. Quick. Crack. Why you sound so tired? I'm tired. Because you are horrible, that's why. Okay, <laughs> what is our uh, Haitian saying for today? Songez la pli, m'blie qui j'en. Songez premier grand la pli, qui te fait maïe à pousser. Repeat it again. Songez premier grand la pli, qui te fait maïe à pousser. Enter. Remember the first rain that make their corn grow? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And what, what does it mean though? How can you paraphrase it it's for? It mean like, I guess don't always remember who you are, where you're from. Remember where you come from. Don't never forget where you come from. That's mm-hmm. what it mean, okay, I think. Okay. Well, this is episode three. It's called uh, African Booty Scratcher. I know you hate I that hate title. The title. Oh, God, I hate it. <laughs> you know, it was simply one of the insults we used to hear from white, Hispanic, and black American kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, Haitian Z cat or Haitian body order or voodoo, just anything to make new Haitian Haitian-led. immigrants. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who were called just come mm-hmm. and first generation Americans like myself feel inferior. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to call us these things um, and just poke fun at us. Uh, but now the African diaspora is finally, you know, coming together. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories are being shared, cultural understanding is happening. In your journey, you lived in Key Largo, different places in Miami, mostly in Haitian communities, right? Mm-hmm. But in the late 90s, you were forced to settle in Dyson Circle, a poor project housing community in West Palm Beach. You soon realized that African-American and Haitian interaction was a love-hate mm-hmm. relationship, uh, very similar to like Italian versus Irish mm-hmm. or Korean versus Japanese. Um, so I guess this question I have is, how would you describe your experience dealing with prejudice and discrimination within that black American community? Um, there was something about black American back in the days. They always like try to pick up an Haitian. But me, I'm always keep my head up because I know where I wanted to go. And I, I refuse to settle for less. So sometimes life can be tough, but I always keep my head high, knowing tomorrow will, will be better, you know? Can you remember like any instances in that neighborhood that like, man, the, the instance in that kept... neighborhood from, I mean, I never been in that situation before <laughs> until I get to that Pacific neighborhood. Hmm. Because at that time I had a Cadillac, I had a Cadillac Deville. They were so jealous of me as a Haitian woman driving that car. So they always told me, or oh, this type of car used to drive by a uh, prisoner, Ronald Reagan or something like that, <laughs> who first had the car. And they always say, I dare, I'm driving this car, I was from Haiti and dumb Haitian and this and that. And because I always dress up my <clears> children, <throat> you know, dress you guys for church on Sunday, my kids always dress well, even when they're going to school. So they always like, even I help them too. I give them right in the car if they need to go places. But they're still jealous of me because I'm Haitian driving that type of car. But to me at the time, I was never picture certain thing. Why people doing things, you know, 
Why do they act like that? This is a big country. You can have whatever you want. But you have to have a set, set, set of goals. You know, you don't just sit there, stay on welfare, and then expect everything to hand to you. You have to get up and work for it. You know, because this country offers you so much, but you're not, you're not going to just sit there for, for them to give it to you. You have to, mm. even though they help you in a certain situation, you have to get up, make tomorrow better for you. Um, but I remember you had some big issues with the next door neighbor. Let's mm -hmm. not name any names. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, we had a great relationship. Well, yes. Remember, yeah. we can name them Pam mm -hmm. and Kita. Some other, know. yeah, the rest of them really respect me. So on one side, you know, great African-American family who mm -hmm. loved us and we loved them. And then literally the opposite it. Yep. on the left side of Jealousy. the building. Um, that they remember they used to leave the trash in front of you. Sometimes they put Can the you explain trash. that? Yeah, they used to give me so much problem, and because of jealousy of the way I carry myself, sometimes they can cook the food and put the trash be in the in my backyard, in the back door. But one day I woke up, I'm like, "What happened? Why is the house smell like that?" Because before I go to bed, it, it, everything is clean, carpet, vacuum, everything is clean. So I was like, flip the couch, you know. Check everywhere in the house. Why would it be smell like that? For whatever reason, something may tell me because I have this wall unit. I put the, the wall unit in the back door. So when I'm not home, nobody come out, go outside. You know, I only leave the front door, you, you know, open, but I leave the back door. I put the wall unit across the back door. And then I say, what can it be smell like that in the house? Cause the back door never open. Mm. The wall unit is closed, you know? And I go outside, you know, make a round to the back of the house to see what happened. There was garbage <laughs> all over my backyard, all over my back door. So I called the police. So when I called the police, the sheriff came, officer, you know, we will not send him. Well, you can say the sheriff yeah, thing. We yeah, don't have a problem yeah. with the sheriff. Officer Gilbert Gilbert, came. I remember Officer Gilbert. Yeah, came. when Officer Gilbert came, I'm like, you know, I explained it to him what happened. You know, and he looked at the house. He <clears> said, <throat> everything is clean. Why, why is the house smell like that? I said, that's the reason why I called. I want to show you something. So when the Officer Gilbert came, we, we walked, you know, to the backyard. And he was like, oh, my God. This is unbelievable. So he went to her house, her um, her house, and asked her, "Why? What did you cook last night?" And, da, da, da. and she said, "Why you ask?" <laughs> and she said, "This is what we." And he, she said, "This is what we cooked with last night." And officer said, "Let's go with me. I want to show you something." Because they are making barbecue ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and she, barbecue ribs, corn, and cornbread. I was like, you know. Um, and they, they know your Haitian ass was not eating that. <laughs> yeah. So, and Officer Gilbert walked to the, the backyard with her and she said, what is this trash doing here? And she said, I don't know. And you know, she's very vulgar. Yeah. Very vulgar. I never see somebody so disrespectful. And Officer Gilbert said, you're not going to disrespect me or talk any bad word in my face. 
So he, he, uh, he wrote her wrote up, her citation. A citation. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you're going to receive citation. And tomorrow, I, I give you, I think, 24 hours or something like that mm. to make sure that this backyard is clean. So the same evening, she sent the boys to the backyard. And it was Jesse, one of her sons, that did that. So they clean completely clean the backyard. And the next morning, there was a big, big argument. She told me, me go to Africa. Da, 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 da. I Which said, is I don't, crazy because we're I said, all I don't African. mind go to Africa. <laughs> I say, you give me a ticket right now, I will assure you that I will go to Africa. But where would you go? <laughs> because you don't know you de- you, where you come from. If you don't want me to go to Haiti, I will go to Africa. If you don't want me to go to Africa, I will go to Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> he made a ticket, you know? So. And that must have been confusing for a black American woman to tell, tell you, you to go, to go back, back to Africa, Africa, which was just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, just to add balance to that experience, you know, we had the positive family mm-hmm. on, to our right side of the building, which was for us to sort of like deal with that dichotomy, right? To have um, one family very xenophobic mm-hmm. and the other family very supportive yeah i think the support from that african-american family helped you cope with living, living in that neighborhood, in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah you know um so very thankful for that but you got to see both sides but i learned from them yeah I exactly so much yeah. like the ignorance all this drama this complication sometimes that gave me the you know, the strength the strength yeah to to lead that helped me be more stronger yeah. more wise because I ne- I don't ways to to treat people like that. Yeah, I remember getting into physical fights just for being Haitian, and you know you'd go to you'd go to work, but I don't think you really understood the magnitude Mag- of yes. a, of of what Haitian American yeah, kids yes. your you know your children was going through at the time because be we would just come home and you come home from work, home, yeah. but I don't think you really understood. Even though we weren't born in Haiti and we probably didn't have an accent or anything, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew we were Haitian. And so we had the same sort of backlash yeah. that immigrants had, you know. Um, so I was also very confused because physically and culturally, I am also African-American, American. albeit first generation. But me and my siblings talked black and walked black. You know, we'd, we were very confused. I didn't know why I was in between two different cultures you know, if I go to Haiti, they could tell I'm um, African American. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, um, if I go back to Dyson Circle, they could tell I'm Haitian American mm-hmm. just by the things. Uh, well, actually, they couldn't tell until I told them. <laughs> so that was very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Haiti, during that time period in the late '90s, right? Late '90s. Uh, when did you take us to Haiti? I take you guys to Haiti '91. '91. Oh, early '90s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in '91. Um, you um set I love up a, you. a huge trip. Mm-hmm. All of your children, mm-hmm. all four of us, went to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um why did you take all of us? What was the purpose behind that trip? Because I want you guys to no, you went to Haiti first. Mm, right. I remember I took that. You to Haiti yes. First. But I'm talking about the second the trip. Second, of course. The second yeah. trip, I took all of you when you took me to Haiti. I was a, a child. Mm-hmm. I was much like younger. I was I was a child, mm-hmm. you know, both times. But yes. I think I was eight at the time, the first I time, so. right? Yeah. So that really shaped my mind a lot. Yeah. I remember 
But for the rest of my siblings, that was because their first I took time. you this because I want you to see to meet my grandmother. Yeah. I didn't want her to die without knowing you because know. she, she, she was, asked for you all the time. She looked so majestic. And like She was so happy and everything. You know, before yeah. before I even ask you why you took us all to Haiti, speaking of um her, what, was she, she lived like all the way up in the mountains, A mountain, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Now she had all these you know, huge, long, long flowing hair. Yeah. And was she a maroon? She, she mixed, I think she mixed with, Either Hindu or Cuban. Oh. Yeah, her father died in Cuba. Her father died in Cuba. Because mm -hmm. I was just wondering, like, so. like yeah. why her hair was that long, she died that thick. Least, yeah, um, she got long, like Indian hair. Yeah, it was like hair. super long. Yeah. So, and that was that your was that your great grandmother? That's my grandmother. That's my your grandmother. Mother. Your mother's mother. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. All right. Man, what was her name again? Her name Zil. Zil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, so we'll talk about Zil in another episode. Um, but why did you take all of us to Haiti? I take y'all to Haiti because I want all of you to meet my father. And I want you to know where I'm from. Hmm. You know, your Ruth. You understand? My roots. To meet my mom, my, my dad, your roots, all mm -hmm. of you. So everybody's waiting for, for asking me, when you bring the children to Haiti, you know, when you're going to be, you know, because I was very popular in my in my neighborhood. A lot of people know me and my father. So I want you guys to meet, you know, my children to go to Haiti, to know where I'm from, you know, in case if something happened, you'll wonder, where's my mom come from in Haiti? You know, so I take all of you and you had a good time. Man, lovely time. You have excellent time. The boat ride and all this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and just to see my siblings' face, yes, you know, it was as if so there was a void. They, like we, they knew they were Haitian, but did not understand and what that really meant. Mixed. That there was an actual country. Country, yes. Um, days that are world waiting for you. Exactly, right you know, and that that is a a big void that maybe some of our neighbors didn't have that luxury of having. Mm -mm. You know, and um, for a lot of my siblings. For, uh, for a lot of, you know, the rest of your kids, they appreciated mm -hmm. that so much. Marcus, and Jessica, Jessica yeah, Erica. Oh my God. Grandma, have the ocean right in your back. In the backyard. I remember Erica oh just looking God. at everything. Oh my God. Jessica looking at everything. Marcus yeah. is just. Yeah, that's so overwhelming. The coconut tree in the yard, they have so much fun. Man. They love it. So when we got back from Haiti, that really boosted up, again, our self-esteem and pride, especially seeing our grandparents. Listening to Haitian Creole everywhere, mm -hmm. um, the way of life. It felt so African. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. We went back to Africa, uh, even though we belong to both African American and Haitian culture. Mm -hmm. It felt like we went back to Africa, um, and you know, it wasn't all bad though in that in Dyson Circle in that project housing neighborhood. Well, well, we still had a sense of community and and created close friends, yeah. and we still have people who pushed education. Yes. And for that. You know, Dyson Circle will still have a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, it toughened us up. <laughs> Tough. Oh, boy. We, we all, you all always keep your standards. Yeah, we kept you our know, standards high. School and kept our chins up. And mm -hmm. everything. Um, you know, we learned that poor conditions can can breed, breed poor, poor behavior. behavior yeah. So you had to get us out of there because there, that was wasn't, my goal. there wasn't a movement to, to help 
uplift that specific yes. neighborhood. Uh-huh. If there was a movement, financial movement to like make the neighborhood better, maybe it would have stayed longer. But your ultimate goal anyway was to own a home, regardless. Yes. Even so if they would have made the neighborhood day, better, uh, like you wanted a bigger place. One anyhow. day there was a, a fight when this guy, um, this guy come from elementary school, and you meet him halfway. Half you put your bag. You said, "Let me go in so they don't get to the fight." Yeah. So I say, I told, I promised you guys, I said, well, Ken, I'm going to get you out of here. You, one day, you're going to have your own backyard, your own front yard to play. Only if you want somebody to come in. But I promise you, I'm going to get you out of here. And she you say, okay, mommy, okay. but you don't <laughs> see how. Yeah. But I know how. We're going to get out of there. So um, a day, I think May, we move here. Your birthday was May 25th. Mm-hmm. And May 25th, I, I already do the closing and everything. The closing is done. And one day after school, two days after your, no, one day after your birthday, May 26th, and I show you the key. And you were so Man, excited. Screaming like, what? And you're like, mom, you got a new car? <laughs> oh my God, you're so happy. I'm like, no. And you keep saying, what's the key for? What? Hmm. And you're like, no. Oh my God! No, are you serious, mommy? I'm like, yeah. This is the Out. Key, the house key. Out. And the May 27, we move here. My goodness. 1999. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and I and, and I, I remember. I will never forget that. Yes. Day. I will never forget never that day. day. It's almost like you couldn't wait to come home no. just to <laughs> just to and surprise us. So I can't wait to come home. I think that same day I was talking to Dennis and uh my my close friend at the time. Yeah. Um, and we were just having conversations about leaving the neighborhood and, you know, just mm-hmm. going somewhere better. And then but either it was that day or the day before. And then all of a sudden you bring this key. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you say you live in. I say, mom, I say, don't worry. You're not going to wish your 17th birthday here. You're going to be out of here. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I'm going to, God's going to make your way. We're going to, I'm not going to keep you here. Mm-hmm. We're going to get out of there. Don't worry. Now, um, to get back to, the, the human relationships mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. You still allowed my African-American friends over the house because you knew not to generalize, okay? I, mm-hmm. That, we got that understood. Um, but your Haitian friends had a more culturally biased, more conservative mindset mm-hmm. um, because of what they went through. Mm-hmm. But why were you much more understanding than your friends? I have a way, I don't like judge people. I think, Everybody have a different issue. I always try to treat people the way I want them to treat me. So when it comes to feelings, I'm really try to protect people's feelings, you know. But my limit with you, if you disrespect me, if you disrespect me, you have no place in my home. I have my distance from you. But I want, I always try to give people a chance to socialize with me, mm. talk to me. So while you talk to me, then I define who you are. That's how you get a good clarification of knowing people, by them communicate with you. Mm. Then you like, hmm, you may say nothing, but in the back of your head, you're gonna choose if that person worth to be around you or not. So that's why when your friend come over, I want to treat them with respect because they're your friends. But at the same time, too, I treat them like my children, too. 
because I don't want to do anything to right, you right. Know, jeopardize the feeling. Appreciate that so know, much. So much. Yeah. That's why they, my house always full of kids. Yeah. When they come to visit, when they come in, uh, to visit you or the girls, you know, I was like offer them drink, offer yeah, them fruits, mm-hmm. offer them snack and stuff like that. They really that's appreciated that. You know how kids are. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why some of my African-American mm-hmm. friends didn't understand why their parents held those biases. Right. Yeah. Because they were like, Miss Francoise, all right with me. Mm-hmm. I just ate some some D. Lee. <laughs> they try to pronounce Haitian yeah. food. So I try to, you know, help them pronounce it for them. Yeah, like I miss uh, learning new words and stuff. And it was it was um we were all so young, you know, very yeah, young. 15, 14, not even realizing. Oh, I was having a party that sometimes every year after we four different parties. <laughs> yeah. You know? You opened so, up to them. Mm-hmm. Um now um when you were growing up, so that's my that's my little rundown of what it felt like being Haitian American at that time, knowing that society treated your generation Different. harshly because you know there's a xenophobic atmosphere for just come for new Haitian immigrants, mm-hmm. and that that um, that energy then gets passed down toward the offsprings, mm-hmm. the children. Um, so what you went through, we also went through sometimes even worse, <laughs> which is very weird. Um, now when you were growing up, did you have any issues with Dominicans with Dominic, uh, with Dominicans? And did any of that experience reminded you of how you were treated by African-Americans? When I was growing up in Haiti, um, to these days, I'm always like have this fear the to go to Dominican. Not I don't know how to explain that. Because the way I heard they treat Haitian people over there. So I never have like, desire a desire to go to, to, go to Dominican. Domin- Not because an individual I hate Dominicans people. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're saying it's not that you don't... It's not that you don't like Dominican no, people. No. It's that... I, it's not that I don't like Dominican people. I have a lot of Dominican friends. But my I don't have desire to go to hate to Dominican. Even though I have family live there, I don't want this my choice not to visit there. Because the way they treated Haitian people there, mm. I don't want to go and be victimized mistakenly mm-hmm. over there. Right. You understand what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. But if there is somewhere, if I know a country who don't like my culture, personally don't like Haitian, I don't have to go there. <laughs> right. Not because I want to show people that I go to Dominican. Yeah, especially if you don't have to go. If I don't have no to reason. go, like if my family, if my culture not welcome there, mm-hmm. I have no, no reason to go there. Mm. But not because that, uh, uh, you know, that I hate Dominican. Right. I don't. I don't hate Dominican in anybody. I don't have the hate in me for no one. So we had, I didn't even know we had, like, how much, um, is it a, a big size, a, a big portion of, not big portion, um, how many family members do we have in the Dominican Republic? I have several family members over there. My cousin, she just go back to Haiti. She, she was a nurse over there. Oh, she was a nurse there? Yeah, she was a nurse over there. She finished school over there mm-hmm. for a nurse. But she go back to Haiti now because it's too much going on. Mm. She just don't want to 
victimized for certain things. Wait, of them so she was a things. nurse in Dominican Republic, yeah. and mm-hmm. she just felt hate she, towards she feel, her as yeah. a nurse? Uh-huh. Not as a nurse, as the what's just going the on in the society in general. Society general. Um, so she go back to Haiti was she, was she last speak, month. She can speak Spanish and oh, Haitian Creole? Yeah, she got to, yeah. to, to school over there. Yeah, she finished over there. She graduated over there. But I just, any it even right now, if I hear or, or in Jamaica or Africa or anywhere, or North, anywhere right. they don't like Haitian, mistreated Haitian, <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> right. I'm not going. Yeah, it's a matter of safety. It's a matter I, I of safety. I don't I care. They give a free ticket. Even <clears throat> even in New York right now, or Paris, anywhere in the world, like they hate Haitian. They don't like Haitian people. They're mistreating them over there. I will not buy my ticket to go there. Yeah, I have no sense. business over there. That's the reason why I don't go to Dominican, because this the 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 the, 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 mis- the too much going on between Dominican and Haitian. Right. So, so when you when just you... a one, it just a border. Exactly. I don't see why because I always thought if something happened in Dominican, if something happened there, let's say it's a tsunami or God forbid there is an earthquake over there, why do you think they're gonna go? They're gonna go to Haiti mm-hmm. because this is what's closer to them. Right. You understand? They're gonna completely go to Haiti. But you don't hear a uh, uh, Haitian mistreat Dominican like yeah, that. You barely hear that story. Like. You don't hear Haitian people hate other culture. That's rarely to hear. Right. Because Haitian people always embrace inclusive any culture. As a matter of fact, that will give them more protection than you from Haiti. That, that's them. the history of Haiti. Yes. Is is to gain freedom and seek to seek other people. Yeah, and and lend out support. That's why when you see to... when, when Haitian people like if the Somebody coming elsewhere and for visit them or whatever, they will treat you with so much respect, you know, so much dignity. They will respect you and treat you real good. Now, when you left, now when you left Haiti, so, oh, so you had that in your heart about, you know, visiting Dominican Republic. Did mm-hmm. you expect? Because obviously you didn't at, at sixteen years old. You didn't have you didn't have any experience with African Americans at that time. No. So did you expect the amount of animosity from African Americans? What did you think of African Americans before you came to the states? Nothing. Like you had no all. Did no you know idea anything about what they are. It, superstars? I didn't really think the difference in Hollywood between, between in Haiti you have the white Haitian black Haitian. The difference is between them two is money. Not because you why you have the most privilege. It's class. It's not like that in Haiti. You have you black, you have the money, you and then you have the high class. Mm. You have you 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 white Haitian, you speak Creole, you white, you don't have no money. They consider it just like everybody else. Mm. But when the mostly I know too much about um African American African American and white American while I come to the United States. I didn't really thought I thought all American is American. Mm. But when I was in Haiti, what I know when I was in Haiti, is the one who has more money. The more money you have, the the you know, the higher your class, you know. Hmm. But if you if you don't have no money, you on the floor just like everybody else. So it's confusing for you to see yeah. African Americans at that time yeah. hate you that much hate when y'all on the same much. level. <laughs> and I'm like, why would this person uh, a black? Another black and one. I'm black. <laughs> And then what's the matter with, with you? <laughs> yeah. We only speak different language. Yeah. 
That's all. It's not that I I, I disrespect you right. or mistreated you. And even though I sometimes I feed, I, I you know I cook, I give the food to the, to to her children and mm -hmm. everything. But I got it tough with her too. Now, yeah. Um. So of course you saved your money. You eventually you know bought the house we talked about earlier, uh, and it was in a neighborhood that was that is multiracial, multiracial, multicultural, middle class neighborhood. Yeah. That has a lot of Haitians, right? And Successful lot of, Haitians, lot of, lot of Chinese, white, black, Latinos, um, Chinese, everybody. Yeah, my sister's yes. best friend is Palestinian. Mm -hmm. So you know the neighborhood is extremely diverse, mm -hmm. um, very different from where we are when we were before the um, Dyson Circle. Um, so, what did owning a home in the U.S. and Haiti mean to you? What, what like you moved into this neighborhood? So now our mindset about American society started expanding. Now it wasn't just limited to this poor neighborhood mm -hmm. with this specific type of class of black people. Again, all of our neighbors were not the same, right? Pam and Keita, they were absolutely wonderful. The, the, the family to our left was absolutely, absolutely horrible. So we got an insight of the inner class differences within the projects, right? Mm -hmm. But when we moved to this middle class neighborhood, we saw that people sort of work together more, mm -hmm. um, that move there are more opportunities, more, opportunity, more resources, yeah, not because of color, but just when you have more money, there's more resources. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but, but for you, since you realized that more resources came with more responsibilities, obviously, um, and newfound power, um, what did that mean to you when you, now, now that you own a home here and in Haiti? Um, can you explain that significance? <laughs> <laughs> the significant mean that the first time I bought this house, I didn't really put too much, you know, take in too much. I just have too much the, the excitement. I have the excitement that to get you, you know, my children out of Dyson Circle to a better neighborhood. I feel blessed, you know. I feel so blessed. And then around me, I saw people that give me more gratitude, like, oh my God, you, you make it big, you know? You did a good job. But that's then I'm like, oh my, yes, I did. I really did. But you know, it's like they give me more appreciation <laughs> instead of me. I really appreciate that God blessed me with the house, but I didn't really know the value of what I did. You know what I mean? So times goes by that I'm trying to, you know, capture myself more. I'm like, oh my God, this is a big responsibility, you know, to have a mortgage and to, you know, have a better establishment for my children. I'm like, wow, this is big. So I'm going to try to go, you know, for more. Mm. And then I work to keep the home, to keep my family. And you finish high school. My goal since you were born is to go to college, <laughs> even though I didn't know how that's going to happen. But I know what once you ask God you, for for something and you put him first, he will make it possible. Mm -hmm. And then once you graduate high school and you get in ready to go to college, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Take this, just turn it all around for me. 
<laughs> my son is going to college. I cannot believe it. I remember you were crying when I, I got on the train. I was crying the whole week. <laughs> <laughs> because me and you never separate. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're that's always right. together. We always, you know, you always with me wherever we're going. Uh, all, well, all of us finished college. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> Everyone that's, finished college. That's, so, that's a big success for me. Huge success. Huge success. And well, we got one more that still need to finish. Yes, three so, of you. Three yeah, three out of the four. And uh, three of you graduate. The other one is uh, is taking an an op an yeah. alternative route. Yeah, which is still good. Yeah, you know, and so um, so it's great to see that um, you you were a successful parent and yeah. a successful immigrant. Immigrant. Yes. High five! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then once you go into college, I'm like, oh my God, I cried because where you going? I'm like, what if something happened? <laughs> I'm not there. Who's going to help working? Now you on your own for the first time, you know? But I have to learn to let go. And then before you leave, you write a letter for each each of the kids. One mm. for Marcus, one for Sasha, one for Erica. What to do, you know? You are very responsible. So in a way, I trust you, but I was kind of, as a mother, even though I trust you, you're very responsible. As a mom, I just feel a little paranoid, you know, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen. But time spies, things getting better. Right. And then you ended up buying and then a I ended home up in Haiti. And then I ended up building a home, got the land. Oh, build a home, my bad. Yes. How dare I say buy when you build <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I end up refinance my home here. Yeah. I will refinance this house, take money from this house, and build my house. Amazing. Yes. And 10 bedroom house God. in Haiti. So. This is a hustler story. That's You're a hustler, a mom. Hustler <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got this house now. It's time to have a home in my country. So. I did that. Man. And then I'm looking for the more. For, for the, the next path. For the next path. The next path. The future. Yeah. So you are officially a successful immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know much about you until I went to Haiti as a kid. That was the first experience where I'm like, oh, this is my mom. Well, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I also learned more about you when you visited me in South Korea. Mm-hmm. So for the next episode, let's sail there. Okay, let let's go to that next episode uh, and talk about um, how that felt to to be a Haitian refugee, an immigrant that came to this country by boat, only to fly to a different country to now visit your son. Um, yeah, let's go to that episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So, my name is Wilkin Brutus. My name is Paulette Fresser. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage. Come ride with us. All right.